Welcome back to the show. It feels like it's been a while. I hope everyone had a fantastic Christmas and let's hope 2022 is better than the shower of turds that 2020 and 2020 I've been for so many people. I'm here actually physically in the same room for the first time ever with regular co-host Dan Phillips. How are you doing today, Dan? I am doing great. What a nice special treat this is. Um, also, do you want to describe what you're wearing? Well, I'm, re- I'm wearing half a Macho Man Randy Savage outfit with the other half going on shortly uh, because we are going to the darts, aren't we, Daniel? We are, and I will be going as the ultimate warrior. However, I feel I'm going to be completely upstaged as Steve's outfit seems more leather-based than, than mine, um, which is more of a material look. It's going to get a little bit sweaty underneath here, I think. <laughs> um, also, for the first time ever, we've got a live studio audience today. Mr. Ben Phillips is with us. He's paid £1,000 to be part of this, this, uh, the audience for this production. I he got it through with the Patreon. Well, it's the Patreon <laughs> forward slash Mid-South Moments forward slash I would like to watch you record. <laughs> Basically, what you get, so if you're interested in doing that, it's £1,000. You get to see the podcast in action. You get to see all of the outtakes. And also, Dan and I will do some extras for your eyes only as well. So <laughs> you know where to... So Ben, make some noise in the background. Yay. There you go. <laughs> Now, on with the show, um, and what, it's uh, a good, good, uh, good part on the show, I'm just looking at my phone, because we don't usually record on this, and it's gone to a different setting, but I think that's probably still okay, isn't it? Um, Most of it. Yeah. <laughs> now, on with the show, and in an update to what I mentioned on, la- on the last couple of episodes, um, one of our regular hosts, Phil Stigal, reached out to Michael Watts to ask about the missing episodes at the end of 1985, and um, the answer that came back is that these tapes were requested by Crockett as part of the buyout of Mid-South for use in promotional packages, but were never ever returned. So alas, they appear to be missing, albeit I have on the way to me a couple of DVDs of Power Pro Wrestling from this time, which I'm hoping will cover some of the missing footage. And as and when that arrives, and depending on what is on the discs, we'll do a review on it in the weeks to come. So with some episodes missing, we are going to occasionally review some different stuff, including Mid-South WrestleFest on WWE Network. But for the next couple of weeks, we have regular television reviews, Plus, next week, Stuart Roberts and Mark Dunderdale will be joining myself and Dan for our 2022 prediction show. Uh, the 2021 show is available in the archives and you can go and back and listen to all of the correct and brilliant predictions we made. And that's quite enough of my voice. So, Dan, over to you. This is a big departure in production from the Irish McNeil Boys Club and we're now at the Tulsa Fairgrounds Pavilion. What did you make of this opening of the show with Jim Ross and Joel Watts dressed to the nines in their suits and bow ties? So my opening note for the new year is long live the Irish McNeil Boys Club. Um, and also long live the YouTube guy that had made, put all the 1985 episodes together and just made life so much easier for yes, us. Yes, um, That really annoyed me, having to actually search for once. Um, yeah, I see they've both got black tie, black background as well. So also then I've put long live the red phone. Yes. Uh, as I'm using my mid-south moments uh, merchandise book with the red phone which is now in 1986 out of date redbubble.com forward slash moments <laughs> um, the thing I did notice actually was that Joel's holding that they're holding their notes yes and one of the things that we know with Joel is he's not necessarily the slickest uh, reporter um, <laughs> and holding his notes making it look like when you're at school and you've got to go up the front and uh, read to the class that's how he looked which is a bit of a uh, Bit of a bit of a shame for him there. I think I think they need to bring a desk back in, and maybe maybe that's why in future, you know, 
wrestling now they always have a desk in front of them because I'm not sure if this works no he was absolutely all over the place as he ran <laughs> down the card uh, so we've got quarter final match in the TV title tournament Dr. Death versus Dick Slater Jake Roberts versus Buzz Sawyer plus Butch Reed versus Mike Scott the Bruise Brothers versus The Nightmare and uh, Eddie Gilbert for the Mid-South Tag Team titles Humongous is here plus Ricky Gibson and Al Perez and we then cut to the ring for Williams versus Slater um, and this, with the look of the show and the new ring announcer, Mike Wilson, um, felt almost like a totally different promotion. And there were big boos for Slater during this intro and a huge ovation for Steve Williams. Joel said that Williams and Sawyer both continued in the tournament after being counted out last week, which is a little bit bizarre. Um, the crowd, I thought, sounded fantastic on, uh, during this match. The big OU chant, as Ross said. The Sooners were on the way to the Orange Bowl. At 5.30, some strange music started, and I wondered whether I'd accidentally hit play on another video on my computer, whereas in actuality, it was the funky outro music going into break, which, again, was not something Mid-South did very often prior to this time. Uh, Williams had the match won with his stampede power slam, but Slater got his foot on the ropes. Dark Journey then raked Williams' eyes with the ref distracted, and this eventually led to a tight assisted roll-up for the win by Slater in just under 10 minutes of aired action. I really enjoyed this. I thought the crowd were on fire and the presentation was great. Um, and I'm as shocked as anyone that I'm saying that about a Dick Slater match. Um, when they got, uh, we, oh, sorry, we then got a heavy bit of 80s guitar heading into the break while a recap of the show so far, Ed, or the match, Ed, I should say. Dan, what do you think of this first match we got to see from the Tulsa era of Mid-South? And breathe. And breathe. <laughs> Um, no punctuation here. So, um, I guess first of all, I saw it's quarterfinal round eleven. Yeah. Which I later find means actually meant match eleven. So I'm thought round eleven. Who, yeah. How big is this? I mean, if AEW done a tournament now, they probably have eleven rounds. They involved everyone. But um, Dick Slate has now got a nickname. I see, Mister Unpredictable. Yes. Uh, which I was unaware of. Um, but yeah, in regards to the presentation, new camera angles. Um, the ring looks bit more like a WWF ring. Yeah, it does. Uh, Same ring rope uh, style, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And the crowd is noticeably louder. I'll put here. completely agree. Also, the fans wrote in, apparently, to approve a 15-minute time limit. Um, they mm. said, who does that? <laughs> like, who writes in to... People write to complain. Who writes in to say, dear Mr. Watts, I really like the 15-minute time limit. Kind regards. I can imagine myself doing that in 1986. <laughs> yeah, actually, sorry if any listeners did do that. Um, I saw there was plenty of... Um, so we've got some food coming up, so that's uh, quite exciting. So, so yeah, I, I think I'm just going to carry on talking through this and probably edit this out, so it's pointless me talking. <laughs> Mid-South's Jamie Oliver is back from getting the food out of the oven. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot of... Um, sort of holds and, and things like that in this because these guys are like proper old school wrestlers right they mentioned that Dick Slater's sleeper hold is called Goodnight Irene um, a couple of things about the sleeper hold or about this hold number one the sleeper that is your that was the go to playground <laughs> submission move wasn't it a sleeper like, you know you could pull off a sleeper secondly which football soccer team's anthem is Goodnight Irene uh... little quiz question I don't know. Who is it? Bristol Rovers. Oh, crikey. So that is, if anyone's got that, if you're American and got that, well done. <laughs> um, yeah, rookie error by Dr. Death with the going too close to the ropes. And then, yeah, you've got the fingernails to the eyes and obviously you're showing that he, you know, in essence was blinded. Um, yeah, nice, decent little hill win, actually. Um, yeah. 
I quite liked it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Um, we actually had an insert next from the local airing of the show with Jim Ross talking about the Mid-South shows airing on WGNO, this is New Orleans, and then pushing a show at the Lakefront UNO Arena. Um, Ross said the two shows aired at 4pm on Saturday and 10am for Power Pro Wrestling on a Sunday. Um, Ross ran down the card and also said that we had a new North American champion that he'd talk about more later. Then, just when things couldn't get any better, we got a promo from the absolutely gorgeous Ted DiBiase talking about a taped fist match coming up against Dick Murdoch. Um, and then Murdoch was talking about the upcoming match as well. He said they were going to tape them up, Daddy, and said they had, that having his teeth knocked out or more scars wouldn't bother him. Uh, and then right at the end of the promo, we heard that Jake Roberts would be challenging the new North American champion, Dick Slater. Oh, no. So the booker of this promotion has now made himself champion. I can't imagine why he did that. And um, Dan, what did you think of the local promos here? Um, so JR's sort of sitting like a newsreader, speaking at like 100 miles an hour. <laughs> um, can you explain to me? So he mentions it's power pro wrestling. Yes. In this bit. But in other bits, they talk about it's Mid-South. Okay. so we're, Are we're... they flicking between the two... Well, no. So, so Power Pro Wrestling has existed for a couple of years at this point and is basically their number two television show. Um, So it's a bit like WWF Superstars and Wrestling Challenge. But we're actually reviewing an episode of Power Pro Wrestling next week. So that's something for you to look forward to. Then I'll understand. Then you'll understand more. It'll it'll all come to a... In short, not to give... give, uh, I'm I'm not going to give anything away. We'll wait till next week for that. So carry on. Ted DiBiase promo, yeah, great. He's back. Um... I didn't. Then you had yeah, it was Dick Murdoch working this right, yeah. Yes. And it's just like I was looking at him, thinking, look at the state of him before he then took his front teeth out. <laughs> I mean, he's a mess anyway. Um, and also in regards to say the new chairman's Dick Slater. Yes. We just watched him. He didn't have the belt in that match. No, it was taped before. It was all a little bit confusing. Yeah. After a bit, didn't really get what was going on. Um, but yeah, it was nice to see this. These because obviously previously we didn't see them did we yeah no and I think this is going to be this looks to be a feature because the, the Power Pro Wrestling episode that we do next week is also a recorded direct, a direct rip from the New Orleans television network yeah. so yeah I think this is something to come as we've got um, some sirens going past there it's uh, yeah. South East London it's very uh, very London yeah. <laughs> um, back to the ring announcer for Hacksaw Butch Reed versus Mike Scott and Mike Scott looked like an absolute behemoth and he was also covered entirely from top to bottom in hair um, Reed still had the North American title here as this was taped prior to the title change which happened on New Year's Day 1986 also in Tulsa um, this was all over in under a minute as Reed hit the spear and then awkwardly had to pull Scott back in from under the ropes to pin him which took several attempts anything to add on this one he started off with a neck brace yeah, uh, yeah. which is also a bit bizarre because then it fell off straight away and then he'd move you say it's a spear, that's very generous. It's a it's a like a diving headbutt, I suppose, yeah. kind of thing, yeah, or uh, body block. But yeah, between Reed and the ref, they subtly, or maybe not so subtly, move the arm from underneath the rope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a bit tragic. Uh, this is very contrasting to the first match. As in, this was rubbish. Yeah, not, not anything going on here at all. Uh, Mid-South tag team title match up next with Eddie Gilbert and the Nightmare versus the Bruise Brothers. The Bruce, the Bruce brothers, easy for me to say, got a nice response from the crowd for their title challenge. Um, there was a great near fall at 5 minutes and 54 seconds that was broken up by the nightmare. But then the referee called for the bell inexplicably. Ross tried to explain that it was interference. Um, and the Bruce brothers got their hands raised by DQ. So, so seemingly, 
um, the team of the Nightmare Andy Gilbert would, would DQ because the Nightmare broke up a pinfall attempt, which he's illegally allowed to do because he's got five seconds in, five seconds out. Um, the action wasn't amazing in this, but thanks to the crowd, there was a heightened level of energy and it was watchable. What did you think about the tag team title match here? I love the Bruce Brothers, mainly because the same reason you said the other way to feel I love the Blues Brothers. Yes. Um, hence why when they walked into the ring, yes, I was dancing, I was singing, I'm a soul man. <laughs> Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I actually got that. What about the first move of the match where Eddie Gilbert goes goes for a punch and one of the Bruce, Bruce Brothers moves to the side and he lands on his face? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's, really like, that's like slapstick comedy <laughs> to open it up. Um, that's when I first noticed actually in the middle of the match it just come up WGNO26 New Orleans style. Yes. Um, which is all very new, very commercialised sets and outs. Um, yeah, I didn't understand. <laughs> I didn't understand the bell, so I'm glad. You've explained that that's the reason he just said disqualification. Well, that's what I assume, but it just didn't make a lot of sense. He said it was interference. Yeah. It's a bit of a... I mean, the Bruce Brothers didn't seem really like they cared. No. I just just think they meant to just be an act where they're just just always having fun. Yeah, I suppose suppose if it was was like the reality of this, I guess they still would have got the winner's share of the purse, but they're not walking home for the title, so they shouldn't be... But then if you watch 80s wrestling, the crowd still reacts positively to a DQ win against the champions, which is just... But now that would just be pure silence. Yeah, exactly. Um, in and out of the break again, we got another Jim Ross segment where he talked about Dick Slater winning the North American title and then got a promo from his challenger, Jake Roberts, wearing a truly crazy pair of sunglasses. Jake talked about his lifestyle and said that someone like him doesn't get many shots at the national heavyweight title. And not sure what promotion he thought he was in or what he'd been consuming either that morning or the night before. He complimented Dark Journey and said he was coming for the gold. Um... I've, all, I've then gone on to say a joke I've already said perhaps a heavy night for Roberts before this was taped um, then to ad-libbing you know GCSE uh, grade C and then to Slater who told Journey she looked as good as the belt uh, and a bit shouty as normal from Slater who was holding the microphone with a ridiculous oversized head uh, what do you think of these two interviews? Um, yeah Jake Roberts yeah, again all the interviews so far everyone's had their forehead taped up mm. Um I don't know whether that's just to show like, we're wrestlers and we've had a tough time of things, but um, I just I, each promo has got a pretty big star in each one. Yes, yeah. Um, so and you've got a lot of people seem to be returning from places. I wonder was this I don't know was Bill throwing a few quid around or wouldn't have thought he, so. Yeah, so yeah. I find it. But there's some sort of big boys coming back into town. So well, who I assume then, however many months later, then go. Well, over we, to Titan. Well, we're getting on to because we're moving on to the next bit. Is there anything more you've got to add? Because you're no, seamlessly no, no. transitioning into Terry no, Taylor. Yeah, perfect. Um, Terry Taylor's back with a pair of clear, large glasses, a suit, and a great dyed blonde mullet. And a, in a soft voice saying he was back in the Mid-South area and he was back to stay, he said his opponent, Humongous, was awesome and he knows he has to beat him if he wants to get back to being the North American champion. Now, I don't know a lot about this, but my understanding is that Terry Taylor went to Crockett and kind of failed and now he's back. So I think he kind of had a year or so in the NWA right. and didn't really hit it off too much and now he's back in Mid-South. Um, I thought this was a pretty average promo from Taylor um, yeah. and we'll talk about him more next week on the Power Pro uh, episode. But what did you think of this um, this promo from him? Yeah, I just didn't, I didn't know where he was back from. Yeah. And yeah. when does he leave? Uh, I think he's around for quite a lot of the remaining UW, uh, Mid-South UWF run. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah. I, think he, I think he goes to WF in 88. Oh, okay. So, okay. I'm not sure if there's a run and I haven't got my laptop in front of me. I'm not going to look. So, why don't you look that up yourself if you're listening at home. <laughs> um, next up, Jake Roberts versus Buzz Sawyer in the TV title tournament. 
Um, they showed the crowd early on, and lots of people were chanting, Jake, Jake. And one bloke's voice was trying unsuccessfully to get a DDT chant going. Just leave it alone, mate, they're chanting Jake. Um, we then got a slow motion replay during the match here of Sawyer smashing his shoulder into the ring post. Um, and some of the bumps Sawyer took in this were great, particularly from an atomic drop where he just basically jumped up and then landed on his back. A bit like Scott Hall's bump from Steve Austin's stunner at WrestleMania 18. Um, Jake went for the DDT in 7 minutes and 30 seconds, but was flipped over the top rope by Sawyer for the DQ win. Um, I enjoyed this one again, uh, mainly because of the crowd and the atmosphere, but definitely a somewhat flat finish. Uh, What do you think about Roberts and Sawyer here? Yes, you had the in-match slow-mo replays. Yes. Um, That's new, which I quite liked. The DDT thing, I was loving that. Just remind me of all them times when you're in football matches and you think you're big and you try and start a song and no one follows you in. The guy was desperate, wasn't he? He was desperate. He was absolutely desperate. Going back to the sleeper hold earlier on, DDT, another classic playground move. Oh. Everyone would do a DDT. You could all do a DDT. You can't suplex anyone in a playground, can you? But you can do it. You can... You can DDT them. You can drive their head into the concrete. Well, no, because you, you know, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, sad, I'm not saying that maybe even in playground wrestling wasn't real. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, that's maybe a controversial behind point. the curtain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just come behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah, um, behind the gym equipment. But but Buzz, yeah, he's got a lot of classic moves, which I sort of had a little reading about him, um, and saw that he he. He did set up a wrestling school, however, later then read that what he actually done was set up wrestling schools, take everyone's money and then leave or beat them up. Yeah. Which yeah. led to, which apparently led to Jim Cornette uh, breaking his nose with his Jim Cornette hitting Buzz Sawyer with his tennis racket to break his nose. Did he really? Because he felt because he sort of found out about this. Hmm. So good on Jim. Yeah, good on he's you, got, Jim. He's got some flaws, but I thought, you yeah. know, let's that's let's, one, let's give him credit where it's due. That's one tick. Yeah. yeah Jim, um, Jim DQ for being thrown over the top rope. Yes. Sorry, have we seen that often? Uh, no, but that is a thing. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. I'm glad it's not a thing anymore because that is mental. <laughs> I mean, what's the point of that? It's, well, the, the also, old... So if I was getting beaten up quite badly, mm. if I got thrown into ropes, I'd just hold onto the top rope and flip over the top. Yeah, but I'm not sure whether they'd count that, but that is a good point, though. The reason, I think my understanding of this is the reason that this, this top rope thing was a rule... Um, was that when they pushed battle roars and battle roars are particularly big in a lot of territories particularly San Francisco like the, the battle roar at the Cow Palace was like a massive thing and they bring imports in but that's the only time you could get to see people being thrown over the top rope oh, so they're trying to protect yeah that and add type. to the danger the danger uh, of going over the top okay. rope so, okay. so that was a thing for a long time that was a thing in WCW until I mean I, I guess maybe 94, 95 yeah maybe around that sort Brilliant. of time um, next up, Humongous versus Perry Jackson. Not much to say here with Humongous destroying Mr. Jackson. Uh, winning with a Shinomaki in 47 seconds. Anything to add on this uh, Humong- very short match? Humongous had entrance music that was actually entrance music, not a song. Yes. Uh, no, he, it, was, it was a song. Oh, it is a song? Yeah, it's War Machine by Kiss, I think. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. There's no lyrics. Mm. Probably threw me. Um, he's a scary bloke, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I, I, I might have got this wrong, but... I get the feeling that Perry Jackson's son is going out with Rhea Ripley. That's all I could find on Google. Really? She's going out with someone called Action Jackson. Okay. And it's this guy's dad? This guy's son? I believe so. Wow. But again, probably wrong. That's the sort of facts and information you only get on this podcast. So, yeah, there you yeah. go. Facts. Um, he's also Action Jackson. Is uh, sometimes on AEW Dark, apparently. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, other than that, there's literally... I've already spoke longer than the match last week. <laughs> More Jim Ross next, pushing the Lakefront Arena show as hard as he possibly could 
And we got a promo from the Mars Superstar, who we actually haven't seen during my time covering Mid-South. He complained about getting a rock guy in Ricky Gibson and told him to leave his instruments out on the floor, not to have a Walkman blasting in his ear. Um, this was the future Demolition Axe, who spent most of 1985 working New Japan Pro Wrestling. I like this a lot. Um, we then got Oliver Humperdinck and Ricky Gibson talking about their... Th- uh, Eddie Gibson, Humperdinck and Eddie Gibson, talking about their three-on-two match with the Bruise Brothers and then a promo from the Bruise Brothers themselves, which I have not bothered to write any notes on. Um, what did you think of this segment of promos with the various people that were in there? The Mars Superstars promo was slick. Yeah, it was really good. Really wasn't it? good. Who was it? Uh, Demolition Axe. Wow. Yeah. And did you know who Humongous is? Humongous. Uh, go on. Well, I had a look, and apparently not this year, but after, for two years after, so from 87 to 89, and it was Sid Vicious. Oh, I, did, uh, I have heard that, yeah. Yeah, it's not him at the moment, no. is it? No, no, no. Um, it was quite vague on who he is at this stage. Um, Humperdinck Gilbert, I didn't really have... Humperdinck's like a poor man's cornet, isn't he? <laughs> I'm not a massive fan of him. Um, also, I think his little run's been some of the weeks where I haven't done. Oh, it's okay. Cr- cram- so I'm all, I've never really understand what's going on with him. Yeah, I'm always yeah. asking questions. As for the Bruce Brothers, I didn't understand anything they said. <laughs> I didn't get one word of what they said. That's perhaps why I didn't write any notes on it. Yeah. Um, after all that, we got Ricky Starr and Rob Ricksteiner versus Ricky Gibson and the always handsome Al Perez. Perez had moved on from the cool trainers to white boots, but he'd kept the tights. And Joel said that last week we had Perez versus Ric Flair. I can't believe that that match is lost to the annals of time. Um, there was a horrendous moment as Gibson went for, I believe, a back body drop and Steiner took it as a headbutt, um, which was very scary looking. And Gibson won this with his leg lock pin in 2.32, and I just can't believe we didn't get to see Al's suplex. Uh, what did you think of this tag match? Is Ricky Roberts' brother? Yes. Yeah. Um, him and Perez look quite good, I thought, as a, as a team. Yes. I love that finisher. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? But it's not I as good really, as Al's German suplex. Is what I, I, like I loved too. it, like, because it's also like a... Is it, it looks like it's a submission hole, but he's pinning him down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Um, that's what I've got to say. <laughs> I haven't seen anyone repeat it. Big fan of Ricky Gibson. So I've never seen that before. You are a wrestler. Have a look. Yeah, bring it into Get your arsenal. And I'll tell yeah. you what, if you do want to have a look at it and know how to do it, brace yourself because later on they do a slow-mo of it. Yes, they do. They do. Joel said next that he got a great response to the video he did about punishment in professional wrestling. So he's put together another and Joel talked about the clothesline being illegal in the NFL as Humongous kills a couple of guys with them in slow motion while very funky music plays. We also get Roberts destroying Shawn Michaels with the clothesline. Joel then moves on to martial arts and their effectiveness with Chris Adams and El Casario also landing kicks. Joel said that another kick that's just as good is the drop kick as we see Buzz Sawyer hitting one and they slowed down the sound to try and emphasise the impact which didn't really work. Um, Joel talked about William's history in professional football and how in wrestling there, is n- there are no pads and no helmets. And then we then got a shot of the WrestleFest show, uh, which there will be a review of in due course. No promises of when that's going to happen. Um, we saw a shot of Duggan hitting someone with a 2 by 4 and then a chair, which was slowed down so you could see the sickening impact. And then we finally got a slowed down version of the video of Murdoch punching Diviotti and then the brain buster to the outside, which injured, injured poor Ted so much that he went off to all Japan to tour before Christmas. What did you think of this Joel Watts so, classic? So this is an education. I loved, I, yeah. I didn't know what was going on, mm. to be honest. And if you, you didn't see the first one? You no. Seen that, no, no. It's like an educational video. Yes. Right? So clotheslines, yeah, super kick, drop kicks, weapons... 
Listen to the impact, which is just the slow-mo. So in essence, it's just someone groaning. <laughs> uh, You'll get some more of that if you come and join us to watch a, yeah. a live podcast. Plenty of groaning in the extras. Um, but just like, when you think about it, this is like the opposite of don't try this at home. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is literally saying this is this is how you do all the moves, and this is <laughs> this is how to do them very very well. And this is how it, to hurt someone really yeah, really badly. Yeah. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. What I was watching. It's a strange thing, but um, yeah. So, but don't try it at home, kids. But um, if you did want to try it at home, have a little look and show you the video. Can show you how to hit someone properly with a two by four that's not being treated. <laughs> I think what this is all about was Mid South trying to say that their wrestling is real, and you know yeah. that's what that's what it is. And yeah, you know, we're you know, we're tougher kind of thing. And um, Ross then talks about a new segment, and as you mentioned earlier on, we looked back in slow motion at Gibson's leg lock pin. Um, and then Ross said next week we'd have the semi-final bouts in the TV title tournament Ted DiBiase Dick Murdoch and the incomparable Terry Taylor would be there and before anything else the show cut off and that was that um, so yeah obviously whoever was recording this on their VHS press stop um, I must say I really enjoyed this show um, it felt new it had an energy that was lacking at the end of the Irish McNeil era and it made me wonder if perhaps this move should have been made earlier um, so what did you think of this January the 4th 1986 episode of Mid-South Wrestling I enjoyed it okay I appreciate it looks more professional but there's a lot of things I missed <laughs> and there's certain little elements of the unprofessional nature which mm. I quite enjoyed and I just feel that like Look, maybe over time it'll be fine, but it felt to me like, and I know this is wrong, but like it felt like it was trying to emulate what was going on elsewhere. Well, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. Think, I don't like that. I want it to be its own thing. Yeah. Um, and that just don't get me wrong. And some of the things, as you said recently, the quality of wrestling and the different storylines have improved dramatically. But I don't know. It had its own feel. I'm very uh, attached. It was more like so studio club, wrestling, so. the old the boys club. Whereas yeah. now this is this is a small kind of a smaller version of what you'd see on a WWF taping at that time. Yeah. Um, but I, perhaps this will will um, grow old quickly. But I hope not. But I thought the crowd when this this was the, this was done on the very first taping, so the crowd was still hot. And we'll see a little bit more of this on Power Pro next week. Um, yeah. But yeah, I thought this was um, this was really good. I thought enjoyable and a nice a nice sort of change of pace. And um, we've actually whizzed through that 26 minutes Ooh. of live content. Um, anything to say before we uh, get our glad rags on and get the hell out of it? Yeah, I've, I mean, I'm just going to go and dress up as the ultimate warrior. Um, the, the, the member of the crowd, he's going to be going as Bret Hart. Yep. So Nipples on show. Do come with us, you know, let us know which wrestler you want us to dress you up on. But um, there we go. That's, that's, that's what you get for your grand. That's yeah, what absolutely. you get, you know? I, absolutely. Um, I, I was about to say something, but I've completely lost my train of thought. But... Yeah, perhaps for 1,500 pounds next year, you can come to the darts with us. Wow, wow. Yeah. A special go. darts tier. So yeah, we'll be back next week with our first ever look at, at, oh, crikey, at Mid-South Power Pro Wrestling. Until then, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll also have our prediction show next week as well, and we shall chat to you again very, very soon. Hello, everybody. I am Ricky Morton of the Rock and Roll Express. And if you would like to purchase some merchandise from World's Number One Mid-South Wrestling Podcast, check it out, all the products. That's on redbubble.com, people, Mid-South Moments. They have everything from T-shirts, phone cases, mugs. Remember now, redbubble.com, people, Mid-South Moments.
Thanks very much, Ricky. And that link again is redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash mid south moments.